Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. G'day to all our uh, avid and loyal listeners. I'm sorry I haven't done this for a bit, but uh, a number of things have occurred. Of course, we had the election last week and that was sort of causing some sort of havoc in relation to uh, my business and I had to get on top of all that. And of course, we had the Brexit the week before, which also had some impact on my Yellow Brick Road business and we had to make sure we got our heads around what was going on there too in terms of cost of money, etc. I have to say, uh, I guess nothing's really happened after the election. And, uh, the election, I had an interesting conversation with White Roy yesterday, who's been on the show, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on here and we can... Is he going now? Uh, well, he's, no. well he's, no, he's, they're still he's counting. Still a minister, I guess. They're still counting, uh, yeah. so he's in the caretaker... Yeah. Um, Even ministry. if he doesn't have a seat, he's, he can still be a minister. No, if he doesn't get a seat, if he's not in the oh, House of right? he can't have a... He, won't, he, get, he won't be minister, oh, no. Okay. So... Uh, so, you know, it's very, very close and I think counting could go on there for quite a few more days yet. Yeah, and it's, get, it's getting down to like 100 or 150 votes between yeah. him and the other guy. But, of course, uh, he took on the ALP up there and the ALP have a f- strong foothold and, of course, it's a, it's one of those areas where those Medicare discussions uh, ha- had an impact and um, yeah. I guess they caught him a little bit un- unawares, that one. Yeah. But so I had a conversation with him. It's an interesting conversation and... Uh, Coinciding with um, <clears throat> me coming back today, I've of course got the, a cold, but uh, I had my first, uh, my second uh, sparring session this morning, and I am so sore. I got sore chin, sore uh, cheek, sore nose, sore hands, everything sore. But the good news is my arm held up, and uh, so my busted arm's going okay. Um, but I'm not feeling all that bright, and I must say I feel a little bit dizzy. <laughs> so if I call you uh, Danny and I call you James, or I call you Dave and I call you James, uh, don't oh, no, don't be too upset, okay? No, okay. No, I'm not, all good. Um, okay, we've got uh, James from Danny Burrito here, and uh, we've got uh, Dave from Algo.com. Is that right? Algo.co. Yep. Algo.co. And, of yep. course, Nico, g'day, mate, and Jakey. Hey, guys, how you going? Good morning. Um, morning. I, I mean, I just want to quickly uh, talk quickly about the election. Um, it, it, I'm really disappointed with the outcome, to be frank with you, um, only because, uh, and I'm not going to get political, but, I mean, if you're going to have an election, you want a winner, you want a clear winner, you want somebody who's got a mandate who can make things happen. Uncertainty, not doing anything is actually not as good as having someone in there will do something. It doesn't matter what that something is. Um, um, and I'm not proposing um, that it would have been better to have Labor win or, 
you know, Liberal, the coalition win. I'm not saying either one, but it's just no good in an, ec- an economy like Australia to have those sorts of uncertainties that exist. Share markets get worried, investors get worried, the lenders get worried. I mean, right now the banks, for example, would be saying, well, gee, what happens if Shorten wins or if Shorten actually gets in a position where he can negotiate, especially at centre levels, and we do end up with a Royal Commission into the banking system? Uh, that creates a lot of issues. And then, of course, across that, you've got the Brexit stuff. And, uh, you know, Brexit does have an effect on our banking system. Uncertainty has an effect on our banking system. If we have uncertainty, we could have our um, AAA rating threatened. Our AAA rating in Australia to be threatened would uh, have a long, long-term effect. And that long-term won't be immediate. It'll, it'll, be, it'll bust us a little bit in the beginning, but it'll have a long-term effect in that the cost of money will be far greater. The cost of money being far greater in this country will always get passed on to the consumers, which means, and I suppose it's one of the things Dave wants to talk about, that's affordability, um, things just become more expensive if money costs more because we all, in the end, aren't funded ourselves. We borrow money from banks and banks will just pass those costs on. I saw something very interesting last night in that and there was someone were talking about recessions and uh, uh, Australia hasn't had a recession. It's the longest period of any country in the Western, of the Western nations. We are enjoying the longest period of any country not to have had a recession. Now, on one hand, you might say, well, how, wow, how good are we? But on the other hand, you have to say in terms of probability, there must be a, a technical recession coming around soon. There must be. And that's just two period, two quarters of no growth or negative growth. Um, the guy who was being interviewed was a, a PhD in economics and he said, well, in some respects, in some measures, we have had recessions and we're, we're currently experiencing experiencing a recession in wages. And that what that means is that Australian wages have not gone up um, at the at a pace that equals cost of living and or cost of housing, cost of everything else. And that that recession in that segment of the economy is a real problem. It's a real issue. And if you consider, then if you then overlay that with the fact that housing prices just continue to go up and up and up and up, yet wages stay where they are, then the um, wages or the income to asset class ratio is getting out of kilter, particularly in somewhere like Sydney. You know, either people st- start moving wider out of Sydney and travelling all the way into town, which adds another cost to their living, or alternatively, uh, Sydney loses uh, it loses its workforce, and uh, and, the, and Sydney needs a greater workforce. So we've got some interesting sort of uh, economic structures sort of starting to rise in this country, and, and over the next period, we're going to see some uh, interesting outcomes, and no doubt the Reserve Bank's looking at this stuff and. Treasury is probably looking at this stuff, but we don't really have a treasurer at the moment other than a caretaker. So that's another reason why uncertainty is a problem. Okay, let's get on to this. Uh, I'm going to talk to Dave first. What's algo.co? Mark, algo.co was started with the idea that, you know, started because of the fact of the matter is that our generation are at risk of being the first generation in a long time to have a worse standard. Who's our generation? Obviously not mine. Sorry, People in their 20s and 30s today, Australians yeah. in their 20s and 30s today, are at risk of having a worse standard of living than that of our parents. And so algo.co is designed to help young people, p- people in their 20s and 30s, take back their economic future. And it's really interesting you, you bring up that stuff about wages because what we've found is a double whammy effect of you know, the cost of housing, health and education skyrocketing. At the same time, wage growth is slowing, has meant things like housing affordability health insurance, you know, purchasing, all that kind of stuff is really, really hard for young people. I mean, housing affordability is almost impossible for young people. Yeah, and, so, and so how does ALGO, I mean, obviously ALGO stands for algorithm, I guess, but how does ALGO address this? I mean, you tell me, how does it all work? 
So the way it works is that we, we rely on people power. So there's sort of, we, we want as many people to join algo.co as possible. We use that combined buying power to lobby on that group's behalf, on young people's behalf, to, to government. I mean, it's a bit of an issue at the moment. We don't have a government. Things are looking shaky. But we want to make some demands once there is a government in to get some um, targeted specific policies to help young people get into the housing market. Well, give me an example. So, I mean... Labor started with negative gearing. We don't know how that's going to work out. It would, would be interesting, like you said, it'd be interesting to see what will happen if someone does put so something in. So, in terms place. of lobby, Dave, you're so, saying, so well, take- what do you do? Let's say, how many people we got on? How many people do you need? Or how many people you got in uh, in your club now? Because we're talking about clubbing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's 4,000 now. Right. So, we've got access to 4,000 email addresses. We can get petitions up easily. We can get data from them very easily. We can. Um, obviously lobby the government through the media, we can t- go to them directly and they will listen. They will listen. 4,000 is enough. 10,000 is more, 20,000 is more important. And, you know, the, big, the, more, the more we grow, the bigger our voice becomes. Okay, so okay, let's say we've got 20,000. You've got 20,000 people, 20,000 members of Algo, active members, I presume, not just email addresses, but you've got 20,000 people who read your stuff. I guess they go to your website. Is it, you, you, like you've got a, is yeah, algo.co. So yeah. there's a website with a continual feed of information or how, yeah, what's happening yeah. there? So once you go to algo.co, you register. It's completely obligation and cost-free. You've essentially thrown your hat in the ring and committed yourself to you know, joining the club. What happens then is we'll contact you regularly with two types of communications. One will be in terms of um, offer specific, so we can get you big discounts on your health insurance, get big discounts on your energy bills. Well, give me an example of a health insurance discount. Okay, so at the moment, health insurance for young people, young people for the health insurance market are the most valuable um, aspect. Uh, sorry. Young people are the most valuable people in the, for the health insurance market. Yeah, because they don't make claims. Yeah, they don't make claims. They're healthy. They live, they live a good life. We recently came up with a health insurance offer, which was standard across the market. We gave that to our members, plus we got to invest $400 cash back. was with HCF. So what you, you went along to HCF and said, look, we've got 4,000 members here. Give us, a, give us a discounted deal. Yeah, so HCF came up with a deal. They said, you know what, we, we love young people. They're great for our business. It's good, good to get them on the, in the market. So we'll give you a better deal. So they gave us four hundred bucks cash back for our members, plus a hundred hundred buck JB so, Hi-Fi. I mean, budget. I don't know. I'm obviously not in your category because I, I pay probably a lot more in health insurance than you guys do. But so what? What would four hundred dollars as a discount represent? To- well, <clears throat> average bill is about eighteen hundred bucks a year. So they so basically, you know, if you're a part of your algo.co, you can get it for fourteen hundred bucks. Knock off, yeah, knock off quarter, yeah. yeah and four thousand and one. Did you? Yeah, that's great. And uh, good on you, nigga. And, uh, and so, yeah, so you get it for fourteen hundred bucks. What else do you, can you do, does, can you walk along to HSC and no, we want this to be operative immediately? In other words, I'm going to switch from being with I don't know whoever across to HCF. Yeah. So we've still got we've still got an offer <laughs> available. I mean, it comes like it goes up and down in its value. Like when July one cut off, they dropped the hundred dollar JB Hi-Fi, which is you know fair enough. They had it open for four weeks. It was a fantastic offer. If you go to algo.co right now, you can still get the same all the HDF offers with a four hundred bucks cash back. Right. You know, up, up to four. Sorry, I should say up to four hundred, depending on your situation. So can I ask if you are you indirectly trying to make housing like you're not actually targeting the price of the house, you're targeting all the other expenses in your life Listen so that you can so you can afford a house. Is yeah. That, so there's yeah, no okay. sil- just general affordability. As you know, there's no silver bullet to the ho- to yeah, housing yeah. affordability issues. I thought you were going to get a few people together and go and knock on some guy's door and go, "G'day, mate, I got." Got a hundred guys here yeah. that want to buy your place. They want to chip in hundred bucks. But that'd, that'd like push that. the price up, I suppose. No, no, no. Yeah. no, there's no silver bullet to the housing affordability <laughs> crisis. But what we want to do now is like house. There's, there's sort of two sides to it. We want to engage. The big side is that we want to engage young people in this. 
and get them voting with this in mind. We want them like making purchases with this in mind. If you, if, we don't want people going into their rental and taking on the same energy bill that they had before. You know, we want them shopping around, saving two hundred bucks there, and they save four hundred on their health insurance. Save you know five hundred bucks on the car insurance. You start making these decisions now. It's obviously going to grow and going to put them in a better position to purchase. I mean, start now yourself as an individual. And we want to do the lobbying and the policy, the lobbying work on the side as well as that. So, what's your background? Um, I've worked at One Big Switch uh, since I left university. But that's One Big Switch is sort of the mother company for Algo. It's a Did consumer. You work at Kevin O Seven? No, no, I didn't work in Kevin O Seven. That's my boss, Lockie yeah, Harris. Yeah, yeah. You're probably too young to have done that. Yeah, I was friends with him over there. Right? Okay. Yeah. 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 So I was, um, I was actually at schoolies when Kevin O Seven got in. So. I was, <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then you, so, and is yeah, uh, so was I. Yeah, I seven. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, on the Gold Coast. <laughs> is, is, well, at least you're inside indoors somewhere. You weren't laying on a slab somewhere. Yeah. Um, and is is uh, Lockie Harris involved in this business, or is this a breakaway business? For yeah, you? it's still it's still a part of one <clears> big switch. So Lockie's still um, big boss, but um, Algo is separate. Lockie obviously is working inside it, but it's um, mainly me. Right. Okay. Others, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and how much of this is? Uh, um, Digital base, digital base. Yeah, so that's a big thing we found in this. So in our traditional models with One Big Switch and 50 Up Club, uh, we get a lot of media coverage. Algo's got a lot of media coverage as well, and that's sort of traditional media, TV, radio, newspapers, and that's been great. But Algo is very – it has a big difference in that digital is really working for us in terms of getting our voice out there. Can you you leverage off of the uh, the existing database that one, one, One Big Switch has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did contact them. We did yeah, contact yeah. the guys that it would be relevant to, twenties and thirties, and say, "Listen, we've started a new thing. Our go. It's um, it's quite similar to One Big Switch, but yep. it's more specific <clears> for you. Yep. You can join if you want. We don't want we don't pester those guys too much. They're yeah, they're sure. part of One Big Switch, and that's sure. the thing. If they want to join, they can. But um, yeah, in terms of digital stuff, we we've found like the sort of um, online influencers have been really good. I mean, the Streets of Sydney guys, the Batuta guys. Um, uh, this guy, Friendly Geordies, they've been really great in sort of spreading the word about this kind of thing. So di- digital has been big. Batuta? Yeah. yeah the Batuta. Archie. <laughs> yeah. My mate's a Batuta. Okay. Um, righto. So your game here, I mean, how do you make money out of this? So we take, yeah. So everyone that switches to our offers, we make commission on. Yeah. So if you, if you join Algo, it's free, obligation free. If you decide to take one of our offers, that, that provider will pay us commission. Right, you get a combat. Your service, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. It's and amazing how many people don't actually uh, uh, even ask the question. You know, can, can I have a cheaper? Can I have a discount on my my existing service? I mean, the, these some of these big insurance insurance companies for sure. They've got huge retention teams. As soon as you threaten leaving, they say, "Oh, can you speak to someone on, at our customer retention team?" And they'll you know invariably offer you a discount. Yeah, absolutely. So all you got to do is same as the banks. All you got to do is is you know have enough balls to ask. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. the worst they can say is no. That's right. it. Like shopping around is the biggest message. I mean, we far more people use our offers to shop around than they do actually switch. So we come up with an offer. They go, hold on, that's that's pretty good. That's better than what I'm getting. They pick up the phone, talk to their provider, and get something better. Have or you been to the bank yet? Uh, our go hasn't. I mean, we talked to we talked to everyone. One big switch talks to everyone in financial. Yeah, but they've never been able to pull that off because they talked to me about it. So just because it was you get con- what we call concentrated risk. Um, so like segment wise. But have you have any of the banks? Have you approached any banks? Like you've obviously approached insurance companies. They don't have the same concentrated risk issue. But um, have you been to see any banks, any lenders yet, who might be interested in say shaving 0.1 of a percent off because they 
point one of a percent off yeah off their off yeah, ten base points off their retail rate because they don't have to advertise to that particular market share. Yeah, before I was before I was part of one big switch, they got an offer with um, some small lenders in terms of mortgages stuff. I mean, you still had to meet a whole lot of requirements to be able to access that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They did get a bit of movement there. We've done stuff on credit cards before and on um, uh, loans as well. Not not home loans. Yeah, personal like, loans. Yeah, personal loans that kind of stuff. We haven't got a you know big <clears throat> you know knock them dead mortgage deal yet. Because that's how you can we, make housing more affordable. It's just reduce the interest rate, the repayments, the rep, repayment <clears throat> schedule. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, interest rates are low at the moment, I mean, but still, like, it could almost be zero for many people in their 20s and 30s and you still wouldn't be able to access it because that barrier to entry is almost closed off. Like you were saying, the wage growth has slowed dramatically. Just saving cost deposit, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, in... What, what, you know what shocks me is that, like, you know, every, every year people will get a review on their wage... And that you know the the wage will increase according to you know where they are in the in their career seniority, but I don't, I feel like wages they're sticky naturally, but I feel like like it, it doesn't even come close to being indexed like the way costs are. You know, no, like what has all? I, I was driving through the tunnel and the you know the cross city tunnel yeah, that's yeah. going up. You yeah. know, I mean, I was like, well, how are these things going up year by year? But on a on an inflation basis, yeah, you get a, a wage increase based off of you know h- how well you're going in your career, but you're not getting a, a wage increase off the off the cost of living. No, you, know, you should all, you should you should always at least <coughs> get a three percent wage. Well, but, but 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 inflation's not running at three percent. Well, whatever it is, I mean, like you should you should always get you, an you increase. Should, you say you should be all, uh, automatically indexed. Absolutely, at, at, at minimum. I mean, obviously, there's other stuff according to market, how good you are. Market, yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, I feel like uh, you know. <laughs> At, at, at entry level, wages are the same as they were 10 years ago. Well, that's the whole point. That was the point of what I was making about before, the point I was making before. Um, we have a wage recession, yeah. so relative to everything else, yeah. relative to the cost of housing. And yeah. the way they're getting away with it, the way the mm. system gets away with it in terms of the cost of housing, I mean, housing has gone up in, the, in, New, in New South Wales or in Sydney by something like 12%. Wages haven't. Wages have stayed steady. But how they get away, the, the, the marketplace gets away with that because what happens is the interest rates have dropped. Mm. So housing affordability hasn't gone up by that same amount because interest rates have dropped to compensate for the lack of increase in wages. Yeah. And that's actually quite dangerous systemically yeah, um, because absolutely. the moment you get a, a change in the interest rate the other way, which it looks unlikely at the moment, but the way, moment you get a change in interest rates the other way, you're very vulnerable to shock. And I think that's what everybody's talking about in, in this country. And house price, and by the yeah, way, exactly. just and all the other stuff as well, the microeconomic reform, like um, you know, negative gearing. You, you play around with those things as well in a, in a cyclical situation like shock. we are at the moment, and then it flips on you. You shock it, and you're very fast. Absolutely. Then and you've I'm, got you've, you've overcompensated. Well, because I've yeah. been criticised, I got criticised by uh, George. Uh, uh, whatever his bloody name, George from uh, the AFA. I can't remember where he's now. He used to be the AFA. And he went back uh, to no, uh, 2004 yeah. where I said, uh, as far as I'm concerned, negative gearing is bad, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm actually in, in, a, in a structural sense, I'm saying it's no good. And there's a few reasons for that. But the reasons are I don't think negative gearing works because the assumptions around negative gearing when it was first introduced, the assumption is that property prices go up yeah. and that they were tax-free. Yeah. But, but negative gearing, since negative gearing was introduced, you now get a couple of gains tax, even though it's a discount rate, there's a couple of gains tax on gains. And gains don't necessarily go up um, at the same pace that the negative piece, the part where you have less rent than you have interest to pay every month, they don't necessarily equal each other. So there's a mathematical formula. There's actually an algorithm around 
around this stuff, around negative gearing for it to work. So I said that back in 2004. Um, uh, I then said at the beginning of this year, pre-election, that it would be a mistake to get rid of negative gearing. And, of course, this journalist has gone back and found my quote and said, oh, Mark Boris has backflipped and is now supporting the coalition, blah, 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 blah. Actually, well, I'm not. I was doing exactly what you say, Nick. Yeah. Right now... Giving relevant be, advice current to the time. Correct. And it would be a major mistake, George, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Uh, the, he's the journalist. He's probably not <laughs> um, And I'm sure you are. Um, George, it would be a major mistake to flip a structure around right now into the asset class called property that is probably the only performing asset class in this country and, and mm-hmm. it's driving confidence, et cetera. But it would be a big mistake. And uh, and that's one of the that's one of the issues that Labor has for my for my money. Labor could introduce a structural mistake, mm. and be forced to. And they could also introduce a structural mistake by having a royal commission of the banks, because you do not want to undermine the financial stability of this country. And royal commissions, by definition, undermine things. Mm. They're, they're dragging bits and pieces of information. It's a great time for everyone to be a whistleblower. So that and I, that, they're the only two things that bother me about Labor. To be frank with you. Um, but they're structural. We are too sensitive at the moment for any sort of change. We just can't change anything at the moment. We can add to it, but we can't start taking stuff away. It's a big issue. And it takes it right back to you, Dave. Um, Algo.co um, is about addressing at the micro level all the issues that exist in our economy right now for people, young people in the age groups that you're talking about, 20 to 30s, 20 yeah. to 30s. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, like going back to that wage thing, I mean, for people in their 20s and 30s, it is a particular issue. So, like, in 1985, the average house cost 3.2 times your salary. Now it's 6.5, so that's doubled. Well, it's more in Sydney, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, tw- Na- tw- nationally. Nationally, 12.2 in Sydney. And that ratio is quite... two times your yeah. wage. Well, well and that ratio, Nick, you probably remember this from uh, your studies, but that ratio is the ratio of uh, income to asset class. Um, any asset class, doesn't matter whether it's incomes to share prices or income to property prices or income to commodity prices. The general rule is um, the sweet spot for um, addressing the price of the asset class, in other words, that the asset class is in the sweet spot, is that that is at between four and six times. Yeah, right. Okay, four and six times. Um, in Sydney, in some parts of Sydney, the asset price to income for Sydney income to asset Sydney asset prices, not national versus national, is something like 10 times, which means that asset price is way too high, which means it's going to drop. It has to drop because it's unsustainable. Yeah. This ratio is about sustainability. It's unsustainable. So what I'm saying now and what you're saying now is if wages that are in recession have an increase, which is yep. sort of the Something's got to drop. Something's got to drop. Either wages got to go up or the asset's got to class got to come. It must. It's a must because it's just not affordable. It's not sustainable. So unless we are getting um, some people who are outside of the system fueling the price who are not, um, are not affected by the wage price. Chinese. Correct. Asians. So Chinese have been investing. Now, the thing that's recently happened which is, you know, our uh, dear regulator has done this, is basically stopped any lending to non-residents. So non-residents are no longer fueling the price rises. If the price rises uh, remain the way they are and continue on and s- remain sustainable, then I would say that there's going to be a, a collapse in property prices in the city, in this city anyway, and probably Melbourne too, I would say. Not a major collapse, but a, cl- a collapse to bring it back down closer to the asset to uh, income to asset uh, 
price ratio. Okay, moving right on. Danny Breeder, whose real name is James, but we're going to call him Danny. I'm happy with Danny. You happy with Danny? Yeah. He actually looked like one of he looked like the guy out of um. Now let me think. What was his name? Um, trying to look Mexican with a with a stash there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, you know, you know. What he looks like uh, James. Looks like um, uh, Matthew McConaughey. In that, jeez, that's a that's a big call, eh? No, 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 no. Well, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm glad I showed up. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about from the. From the, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about from the jaw up. I can't see. He's got his jacket on. But it looks like Matt, Matthew McConaughey when Matthew McConaughey played that weirdo in that. Uh, oh, true, Dallas Fire Scott. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, no, true Detective. Ah, yeah. uh, fuck yeah, serious. Doesn't he reckon? Has anyone say seen True like Detective? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't go, I'm not going to go that bad. <laughs> but I mean, who's seen True Detective? Yeah, uh, yeah it looks yeah. like the guy. I haven't seen that movie. And, uh, well, and well, he's, yeah. by the way, he's he's a drunk and he smokes cigarettes the whole movie, the whole series. I mean, that's what. That's a cool, cool series. He doesn't. You smell like him too. He doesn't shower, Matthew McConaughey. No. Yeah. Vince Vaughn doesn't. He, do he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't use deodorant. He doesn't shower. He, he showers only once a week, apparently. In real life. Yeah, yeah in real. Matthew He's McConaughey. a widow. He's a widow. Not yeah. saying, not saying James <laughs> widow. But is that like on purpose? You've done that, or was I got him? I got him fit with a Mexican, a Mexican star. For Denny, for the breeder, for the breeder, of course. Yeah. Okay. Mate, well, I want to know what happened to my thousand bucks that I <laughs> put into your Mexicano. <laughs> exactly, that's him. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> what happened to my thousand bucks that I put into your uh, uh, your raising recently? Where are we? Where are we down? Yeah, tell I thought tell me about the pivot. investor update. Yeah, so um, so when we were in here a couple of months ago, starving, um, mate. I'm starving. Oh, I don't want a thousand dollars worth of burritos. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we were in here a couple of months ago, we were talking um, obviously um, crowdfunding the the burrito business. Yeah. Um, and we touched on it a little bit in here about the 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 real value in that burrito delivery idea was the using of existing assets after hours um, in an UberX style fashion. Explain that. Uh, so basically, the, the food delivery business was based on the idea that we would use existing cafes after hours to build a network of, the hell are of you food doing, delivery mate? outlets. <laughs> stretching. Um, <laughs> I'm stretching. Come on, keep going. Keep, keep yep. I'm listening. So, I'm, I'm intent on this. Yeah, so the idea was that we would use cafes after hours. Um, and so we crowdfunded the campaign and we were, we were launching the, the burrito business and we pitched the idea after thinking about it further um, – we realised that the actual value in that idea was this existing assets, um, and no one was was utilising it, and no one was was capitalising on it. So, um, we came up with the idea, or I came up with the idea, that we should build a platform to aggregate all this available space, so then other people could then start their own Danny Burrito business. So become a wholesaler. Yeah, basically. So uh, an Airbnb for for commercial kitchen space. So, okay. So does Danny? Will you continue on with your retail offering, or just do the aggregation now? Have you com- total pivot from retail to wholesale? Is B2B, it- yeah. We will, we will launch Danny Breeder, but now we have the platform that we can launch it across the whole country um, and globally. And then once people start seeing our platform, they can do the same thing um, and they can launch a number of other businesses or expand existing businesses. So I saw one, oh, now where was it recently, um, where I think it's in the UK, definitely in the US, um, where, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, where... Um, Little Italian housewives and whatever at home. We've got like a spare kitchen. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Can, there's a guy doing that here. Is it? Yeah, he's in our workspace. Monday yeah, no, Ultima. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, that's quite a good idea. If that's at a sort of domestic level, well, like you know, like you want to make a few extra dollars, um, you uh, you put on your a night where we all can go and have dinner, yeah, yeah. and they charge us a hundred bucks a head or something like that, whatever it is, and we experience uh, this particular individual's cooking skills and cuisine and. Uh, 
you know, whatever other entertainment they can oh, he provide puts us. on a night for you, does he? They put on a night or a day. Ah, okay, right. They don't just, like, give, package some stuff up no, and no, no, go yeah. down the road or No, whatever. no, you actually go in there and have dinner there. And, I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> just give me the food. Well, it depends, on. mate. You, yeah. You, know, what, you might enjoy the, the experience. I mean, like, it might be really cool. Like, um, there's a guy in Paddington does it, uh, but he actually hires the place out and you've got to, you know, like, he actually puts on dinner parties. He's a chef and his wife's like a... A maitre d' sort of thing, and it's got this really cool place in Paddington. And I've been there because uh, I had to do something for I don't know somebody or other, and I, I went there one night and they put on this dinner. It's pretty smart. What these organisations are doing now in America, they're actually aggregating, like you're talking about, James. So they're aggregating domestic spare space capacity. You're talking about aggregating commercial spare capacity. Would yeah, that, well, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, well, in Australia, it's quite difficult to get um, approved by the council to use your own kitchen at home, which means um, that's there's, interesting. A, there's a number of different customer segments for us at the moment. One of them is this startup food business. So to get off the ground, you're really looking at um, you know a couple hundred thousand dollars capital investment, a huge long-term commitment to a property. Um, it's very high risk, high cost. Um, but as we solved the problem with Danny Burrito, we were able to access this kitchen space um, you know, and rent it out flexible, no lock-in contracts. So that's what uh, the business is called, Sprout. So basically, we provide no lock-in contracts um, in flexible so you, locations. To, to, to a retailer. So let's say I want to set up a Marky Burrito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I can come along to you, whatever your business is called, Sprout, yep, Sprout. and I can say, uh, can you give me access to 10... 10 cafes, around, uh, 10 kitchens, commercial kitchens around Sydney. Yeah, Exactly. And I'll right. say, yeah, look, we've got these existing network of cafes. If you want nighttime, if you want to do breakfast burritos, we've got restaurants that are available from 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. That sort of thing. Okay. So how do you make money out of, how do you make money out of that? So at the moment, we're running Sprout. a transactional model. So we charge a percentage of the rental costs. Yep. Um, once we get the, the demand on, on board and we've got the liquidity in our marketplace, we want to charge a – give the, re, the, the space away for free – and then charge a percentage of your revenue. So if you're selling burritos out of our kitchen, we want to take a percentage of that. Okay, so is this is a good example of um, startups pivot pivoting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important for people who are in the startup world to understand what the process of pivot, pivoting is. So, Nick, you want to talk about pivoting? Like, yeah, okay, here's a good example. So I use um, Slack. You know what Slack is? Yeah, that we collaboration use Slack. tool. Um, so that originally started out as well. He, the guy who owns that, he, he built a game, like a computer game, and uh, Slack was just the messaging service off the back, of, like that was adjunctive to the computer game. So um, uh, the computer game um, failed miserably, <laughs> and he said, and he, he looked at what he had left, and he goes, "Well, what do people like about it?" You know, and he said, "Oh, well, a lot of people. We had a lot of positive feedback about the messaging service." And he said, "I wonder if that can become a business." So he took that, and now he's built Slack, which is, you know, a, a billion dollar business. Um, but it's interesting to sort of think about um, if it's not working and, and, you, and, you, and you're sort of punching away at it and it's still not working, try something else. Um, try, you know, I, I, would call, like, I would call a pivot doing something similar to what you're already doing. I mean, like you took an element of what you already sort of had, which is what the Slack guys did. I mean, you could look, you could take it all down and, and do something completely different, but try to use what's already there and your learnings from, from the past failure because that's because. You know, those, those those are the those are the things that you have feedback on, and those are the things that you can actually build off of. So, so why did you pivot? Well, he had he already had that. He already had the. the now, but why did he pivot into? Why, why did he, why did you make the decision to say, okay, well, why, why don't I aggregate now? Mm-hmm. Well, basically, um, you know, I think 
the one customer segment is that food delivery business, and I think that's a great um, a great business model. But the scalability and the the idea of this unused space um, was what I saw to be a, a much bigger potential. Um, and there was nothing happening really in the in the global market for this unused kitchen space. We're seeing you know share economy of everything from like tools to garden sheds, but no one was sharing. Um, kitchen space in the same sort of way. So I guess um, just looking at the scalability of it. You saw a bigger opportunity yeah, in, exactly. in, in the the, sh- the, ki- the kitchen sharing model. And, yeah, then, exactly. well, and yeah. just like it takes a bit of courage to do that. I mean, like, uh, I mean, around your own ego, um, you've got to address, you know, I've been telling everyone I'm going to be delivering burritos and, and all of a sudden I've changed, pivoted and I've changed, my whole model's changed. Yeah. Um, how did you deal with that? Um, I guess I just had confidence in the idea. Um, I think this this idea of sharing kitchen space and the the platform that we're building will be a global business. And um, yeah, that was enough to to get me started. And then I got validation when um, we got um, accepted into accelerator program. Um, Which and one? Slingshot. So um, that's what I've been uh, been up to the last couple of months. So they've been. Did they help me. Did but you, you were at Telstra before, weren't you? Uh, yeah, he was at Mirror D. Uh, just interning there. Oh, and okay. Mirror D, yeah, right. Okay, so so did you have the idea? I mean, did did they help you form the the decision to to pivot into the kitchen sharing? No, I'd already had the idea, and I was already moving towards the right. the kitchen sharing model. Yeah. Um, well, how did they help you? How did that accelerator help you? So the uh, people listening, you know, how do how do how do I work an accelerator to my advantage? Yeah, well, I think what was key for me was having um, the connections to the right people in the industry. So it was backed by a corporate company, Simplot. Um, they own a lot of big household brands in Australia and um, food food service brands. Um, and so getting access to, to their customer base was um, a huge help for us to be able to um, build customers quickly. So one of the other customer segments we're looking at is pop-up restaurants. So you might have a business that has two or three existing um, restaurants, and they want to they want to expand to other areas where they know or that they assume they could be successful. But like I said before, to do that is high risk and high cost. So market testing, um, yeah. So they mm. can test the market, and they can do multiple locations. They can grow, to, you know, five, six, ten locations in one city without. Um, so you, know, you mean that you, they can run a restaurant out of your out of the spare space? Yeah. So we had a couple in in. Um, in Melbourne that we're working with at the moment, like Huxterburger, who have 10 stores, um, and they can grow and, and test new stores with our business model. Huxterbur- um, Huxterburger. Yeah, it's like okay. a hipster burger yeah, yeah, joint. That's, that's, that's in interesting. Melbourne. So they, they, they're, they're not strictly they're, – they're, they're existing businesses. So I was, I was getting a bit concerned because, like, you know, you get, you're relying – under the Danny Burrito model, you've got to rely on a lot of mavericks like you setting up. Yeah, um, startup businesses you, aren't the yeah, best customers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so you can actually help them test their um, existing – Cafes and restaurants test new locations. Yeah, exactly. That's and, pow- and that's powerful. I mean, like to, to, to go and take a lease somewhere and, you know, usually you've got to sign for a period of time and then set up and, 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 you know, fit the place out with all your gear and then to find out that the location's no well, good. Can, Dane Alex. Can stuff your business. Dane, right? Dane Alex. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, like, well, they started with one, but I mean, yeah. for an existing business to go and <clears> test a new location, it's, it's not going to kill their business, but it is a setback. Yeah, so, I mean, and to, a costly one. Yeah, exactly. Time so and money. Yes, yeah, so that's our, one of our initial target markets, and then once we once we get to the size, then we'll be able to help those little people that want to do. <coughs> you got any revenue coming shops? through? I mean, you've 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 tested the the concept, but like in terms of revenue con- commercialization, I mean, you, can you make quit out of it now? Yeah, we're revenue. We've got revenue. Um, yeah. We've had a couple of bookings in Melbourne. Yeah, um, we're working with those larger businesses to to help them expand. Um, but with the help of Simplot, like we were saying before, um, what the accelerator really did was help us connect with these businesses. And really, it's about you know, as a startup, it's really hard to get into the right people and talk to the right people. So um, having that accelerator gives you a bit more of a sway and allows you to talk to the right people. And I think that was probably the most valuable 
part for us. How much Melbourne. comfort do you get out of um, now running a, a B2B business as opposed to have to try and build a brand? Because, I mean, Danny Brito, you have to get people to ring you up. I mean, there's no point having this great idea mm. unless people know who the hell you are. And, the, and to do that, you've got to run a retail brand. You've got to build a market. Mm-hmm. You've got to build a awareness. That's not easy to do. Yeah. Because especially in a totally noisy market. I mean, our market is so noisy, Australia, food particularly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, know, I was looking at those many log guys the other day. And I, and I, everywhere I look, there's another one, another thing just coming out exactly the same. Yeah, Deliveroo. Mm. Deliveroo. Deliveroo. I mean, they're spending a fortune on marketing. I mean, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how they get funded, but they're obviously got funded. They're a big, they're, they're, um, they're <clears> from the UK, Deliveroo, but... Um, Supper time were the Jimmy Jimmy Brings guys, you know. The guys yeah, Jimmy Brings, yeah, the, the grog, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they started the the, the they, they actually got to the market before delivery. So they're premium. They're in a different sort of segment. So menu logs look sort of like, um, you know, your your dirty Thai food, yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas delivery, they they went on into the the restaurants that that didn't typically do takeaway, didn't typically deliver, and sort of convinced them to. But it's noisy. It's, it, and yeah. the, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm, I've yeah, no, I agree. There's, there's, and it's hard to. So there's, there's not just men, men, menu log, there's uh, delivery hero, there's there's all sorts in, in, in. There's at least three in the premium um, segment, and there's at least five or six. And then there's the Danny Burrito segments. would have had to sort of drive in through there somehow. I mean, yeah. and one, one thing is I know whatever happens, yeah. you have to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and that, and really, the money you raise, it's a bit like what you're talking about people who are going to set up their own business. The money you raise, you it might not work. Mm. And uh, so. This is a less risky. This pivot, where I know, is, I think is a less risky, um, less capital intensive. Yeah, it's I think more so. variable cost. It's more like, okay, I'll take over six more kitchens and I'll pay that on the basis that I can know I got six lots of demand. Yeah, so that's what we're doing at the moment. We're backloading the the sales. So once yeah. we have someone um, ring up or we've contacted, you know, a burger place, and we say, would you, how would you like, you know, to set up a shop in St Kilda for? You know, under a thousand bucks next week, and then once we've got them on board, then we'll go to the cafes and restaurants and sign them up. So we backfill it. That as, way. So as a startup, so Nick, as a startup, it's sort of interesting because capital's hard to get at the moment, and particularly with all the uncertainty around what's going on in the marketplace, with votes and Brexit and economy, etc. It's going to be hard to get money for a while, I think. And uh, you know, and what's interesting about uh, that's not good news. And what's interesting about that too, and I He's think Danny's looking for money. But what I, but I was going to say, and no, I just think it's going to be hard. For Sorry, a while. James is looking for money. So, <laughs> and, and, and but why I think it's going to be hard for the moment? Like, you, you, what what does hap- what happens with the innovation uh, 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 launch from last year? If someone like White Roy doesn't get in, I mean, who replaces White Roy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, unless it's someone like David Coleman. Um, I don't know who out there can actually run that program for the Prime Minister as effective yeah. as someone like White did. Mm. And White's like someone who's been pushing, raising a money for a long time, been capital for, for people like yourself. So it's an important thing then to start, when you start to look at your business, start to think to yourself, well, you've got to start thinking to yourself, well, okay, uh, how can I uh, restructure myself so I have less cost? And backfilling is one way of doing it mm. as opposed to forward filling. So, mm. I mean, forward filling is I get a whole lot of money and I spend it now and hope the business comes through. Mm. What you're saying is, no, let me see the business come through and I'll deliver to the demand. Yeah. And you can do that at a B2B. Yeah, we and, can, especially and, something like this, which is high demand, kitchen space. So, yeah. so uh, and how much of a relief is it not to have to think Oh shit! Where am I going to go raise two million bucks to run an advertising marketing campaign across Australia? Yeah, it is. It is a relief in some ways, but there's other, you know, as you know, there's other issues that come with B two B, and especially around kitchen space. Um, 
you know, around insurance and regulation and all those things. So we have to, and we've solved them all with with the platform already. But uh, still, there are ongoing issues. Money. You still need some money. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're still yeah. fundraising at the moment. But I agree. I think um, probably not as moment, much. You probably don't need as much money. No, no. Well, there's less risk in what the money you raise. Uh, so we, we just finished the accelerator, and so we're we're looking for 450k okay. to to build this business out over the next. And what months. does 450k get? Uh, so that'll get us the platform. No, no, um, for the person puts in 450k, or is this because uh, this is not you're not going to get uh, burritos, are you? No, no. So it's equity. Equity. Yeah, so, so what it's what's what equity? What's what does that get? I mean, what does that make your your business worth if you're giving um, away 450 grand? You're taking 450 grand for what percentage? Are you allowed to say that or? Uh, I don't know if I should say. Okay, um, fair enough. Our, our valuation at the moment. Um, but is this is it public? I mean, is this a public? Yeah. So we're, so we're talking to investors at the moment. Yeah. Is so, it an IM? Yeah. So we're looking looking to raise at about 1.5. Is our valuation right? Okay. So is this and is this um, can people go online? Someone look at this. Uh, they can give. They can talk to me. Um, it's not. It's not online. We're talking to investors at the moment. So why don't you jump on um, like an equity crowdfunding platform or something as well? Well, we're over. Um, we're over halfway oh, okay. funded. Um, so we're looking for just a couple more people to to top up. We've got um, Simplot have come on board as a lead uh, corporate. Um, so they've backed us, which is really exciting. Um, Explain who Simplot are. So Simplot own um, a lot of brands that you would know of, like. Um, Light and Easy, um, Campbell's, John West Tuna. So they're a, 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 they own a number of brands. In, in so tell markets. me, okay, then explain to people who are listening to that. Now you're a startup, you've got a, an offering, you're trying to raise money. What's important to going to an industry-based organisation like Simpler? I mean, well, that's... Uh, what's, what's the thinking? So one of their... So their brands are obviously one of their, their key product ranges. The other main one is chips. So they they're sell to McDonald's and a lot of other retailers, the frozen chips. Um, so what they understand is that these quick service restaurants or QSRs um, are a very valuable customer to them if they can get them early. So at the moment, they, can, they can't really go to a grilled and say, look, use our chips because grilled is, you know, 100 stores and they've already got existing relationships. But if we can say, hey, look, Huxterburger has 10 stores, but we know that they're primed for growth and they could have 100 stores in the next six months, then all of a sudden for Simplot, it's worth their time to send a sales rep in there um, and have a chat to them. Okay, so... I mean, just explain to those people listening, because we're going to close off on this. So, so just explain to those people listening, um, when you're raising money, um, who's, who's one of the obvious people you go to talk to? I mean, you, you went to Simple. Why? I mean, just explain it. I mean, you know, like structurally. Yeah, you, you basically just want to go to someone that has uh, something similar to what you're doing in your, your vertical of your business and someone that's going to, to give you more than just money. So Simplot has the connections to the retailers that we want to target. Um, and and if I'm simpler, I'm going to say, you know what, I'll put 50 grand into this thing because I'll get my 50 grand back really quickly because my payback's going to be faster than anybody else because I, I'm assuming, I'm presuming that I'll get uh, Huxterburger, whatever the hell they're called, they're going to buy chips from us and that's one of my products, so I'll get my money back. Yeah, that's that, one That's option. the deal? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of different options, but for them, definitely. That's, that's, that yeah. For them, that's one of them. That's a good example of how you actually uh, leverage the marketplace to raise money. Yeah, you've got to add value for them as well. Okay, James, good luck on that, mate. And where do people go if they do want to invest? Uh, Sproutkitchens.com. Um, Sproutkitchens. You can just have a look at our platform we've got on there, see our kitchen space, um, and then contact me on there if you're okay. interested. Okay, and, and, and Dave? Algo.co. Algo.co. Yep. And what's your next project, quickly? Um, next project is mobile phones. We want to do cheaper... Are you going to go to carriers or are you going to go to... Uh, yeah, no, sorry, like mobile phone bills. So mobile phone yeah. bills, right, okay. So you, you go along to Telstra and you say, listen, I want to... Uh, 4,000 you know, young people, what's the best you can yeah, do? Yeah, give us a better deal f- Andy. on data. He's doing something similar. Yeah, yeah. We, we might put you in contact with Andy Bateman. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, great day. Enjoy your day. Uh, let's hope they get this county over and, done with it, over and done with it really quickly and we find out who the government is. See you later. 
This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au. Thank you.